Powered by Adept Group, this is the Unpacking Excellence Podcast with Daniel Beardsworth. Daniel Beardsworth. Bringing together top packaging professionals to share insight and knowledge on all things packaging. Now, introducing your host, Daniel Beardsworth. Welcome to Adept Packaging's Unpacking Excellence Podcast. I'm Daniel Beardsworth, and I'm joined today by Alexandra Neeson and Danae Robert from Plug and Play Tech Center. How are you guys doing today? Hey, Daniel. We're good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Thank um, you so much for having us. Of course. Thank you for joining me. We've had an opportunity to work together a little bit on the past on some different things, but for people who aren't familiar with Plug and Play Tech Center, can you talk a little bit about what it is that you girls do? Yeah, sure. Um, I could talk a little bit about what Plug and Play is. So basically, Plug and Play is an innovation platform. We also have an investment arm, and we also run an accelerator program for startup companies that our corporate partners help curate and sponsor. Um, we have over 500 different corporations and over 35,000 startups that are in our ecosystem. Those together all make up our platform for open innovation. Within this network, we offer many different resources for both our startups and our corporates. And we also co-invest in some companies um, with like-minded VCs. Where I sit, I sit on the corporate side. So I'm senior partner success manager for uh, the new materials and packaging vertical, as well as sustainability. Um, and Danae, if you want to cover what you do. Yeah, of course. So I'm a Danae. I'm a ventures associate at Plug and Play. I work in new materials packaging and sustainability. So in both of these verticals. And so what I do is understand the challenges of uh, corporations and find the top startups uh, from our ecosystem that fit their focus, as well as sourcing and finding the, the best startups to pitch to our partners for investments. And so what, um, like overall, what you guys do, how, how does that relate to packaging? I know, Danae, you mentioned that that was kind of one of the things that, that falls under your purview. Yeah, definitely. So there are 18 verticals at Plug and Play and growing. And uh, one of the vertical is new materials and packaging. And so uh, Ali and I focus on, on that. We have different corporate partners that are uh, looking for solutions in the packaging space. And um, in general, we source a lot in the space for startups, but also corporations and find new solutions and technology to generally create um, either a smarter packaging or a circular economy around it. Um, Ali, is there anything that you'd like to add? No, yeah, that's, that's definitely it. Um, we have those 18 different uh, verticals. So plug and play is pretty big at this point. So um, like she said, 18 and growing. So we've launched a few different programs over the years, but our new materials and packaging program started in 2015, actually with ExxonMobil. And we brought on a bunch of other partners since then. And yeah, we're just looking for packaging solutions for them also in the new material space. So any adhesives, coatings, and additives to even maybe make packaging more sustainable is where we focus in, in that specific vertical. A lot of uh, predictions kind of early on last year when the pandemic hit were that um, sustainability efforts are really going to kind of take a step back. Do any of the like corporate partners or, or startups that you work with, uh, have they kind of been affected in, in that regard? And, and is it like, you know, kind of something you guys think will bounce back quickly? How has that kind of changed the focus on sustainability for the companies you work with? Yeah, I mean, 
It would be lying if if I said that they were not affected. Of course, everyone was somewhat affected. Uh, I would say that startups usually are affected or were affected by the pandemic, um, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively. With uh, the new materials and packaging space, uh, what we've seen a lot is difficulty in or slowing down in the R&D just because of the possibility to work in the lab with people around you, but also everything that comes with feedstock uh, all around the world, et cetera. So we've definitely seen an impact, but sometimes, and especially when it comes to packaging, it hasn't been only negative. I think with COVID, we've seen the, the state of emergency. And I think there's also this realization of the importance of sustainability. And I truly think that it has pushed the market to or pushed the people to be more careful about sustainability and therefore more demand as uh, has been seen in the sector. Therefore, a lot of the startups have seen a lot of more demand for their new sustainable packaging solutions. That's interesting to hear you talk about it that way. I feel like so often when we're talking about the whole you know, last 12 months or so, it's been about the kind of negative impacts that it's had. Are there like some of the brands or or the startups that you work with specifically that have really seen the current situation help their business grow? I mean, it's difficult to say right now because it's still, we're still like coming out of COVID and hopefully we're coming out soon. Um, (laughs) But yeah, but um, I think definitely we've seen, I don't think I, there are specific startups that I can name, um, but So the demand has been increasing without them having the possibility to actually increase the manufacturing. There's still this kind of them being stuck uh, with their feedstock, with the manufacturing system, their factories. A lot of them are actually pushing to have their manufacturing closer to them and changing that in that regard, just because they've seen that a lot of the, the startup that had manufacturing and factories uh, in the APAC region were really slowed down. So some of them are changing it. Some of them moving to Italy or east of Europe. Some of them are even moving it to Europe. So that is kind of the limitation, but the demand is increasing. So a lot of them, when they pitch to us, uh, explain that you know there's demand and now we do, they either need investments or they just need push to to be able to um, scale up their their product. Yeah, just to expand a little further on that, at least on the startup side, um, they've been pretty agile and resilient when it comes to the pandemic. Um, But what we've seen a lot of them is maybe not pivot, but they see this demand now for, you know, antimicrobial and antiviral properties in in what they're making. Um, And though that may have been something on their list that they were eventually going to check off in their R&D process, they definitely move that to the forefront and push that forward. And we see a lot of demand for that from our corporate partners. And luckily, our startups are currently working on that. And the pandemic made them realize that this was probably something that they would have to push ahead um, yeah, on their timeline. So yeah, and that's something I think will probably, um, you know, benefit them for a long time to come if they're able to nail it, because even once, you know, um, we kind of get most people vac- vaccinated and life returns to normal a little bit, I think that's always going to be sort of a concern that's on people's minds. You know, I don't think anyone's ever going to forget this last year. And so I think, you know, being able to, to say that you, your packaging has antimicrobial or, or antibacterial um, properties 
will be a selling point for a long time. Yeah, exactly. We've also on the corporate side, you know, we've still seen a lot of our corporations double down on their sustainability goals and just be really committed to their plastic waste footprint. So when it comes to some of our corporate partners that I can mention, like Clorox, Pepsi, Unilever, Procter & Gamble, you know, I think that the shift away from sustainability is temporary because because they're here working with us for long-term results and they're still working towards that. Um, and a lot of them have publicly made these commitments that they're committed to you know, lowering their plastic waste footprint. So. Yeah, I think a, a lot of the brands that, um, that we work with are, are kind of in a similar position where maybe it was like a little speed bump on their R&D for sustainability when they couldn't have as many people in the facility. But once things started to relax a little bit, it was you know, full steam ahead. So that's uh, always something good to hear. Yeah, And I think if I can add something um, here is that COVID um, also brought a different view on innovation versus time. I think that we saw that with the vaccine, uh, the R&D administration certification and testing can actually go really fast in, in state of emergency. And I think that today the next state of emergency after COVID is uh, climate change. And um, not only that, but with the political ch- changes bringing uh, financial effort we see an increase in incentive and kind of accepting the cost of sustainability as well. So I think there is gonna be this rapid demonstration of what we can do today. Um, and of course, without forgetting long-term innovation. Speaking of innovation, you know, obviously before all of this uh, reusable packaging and the circular economy were you know, really big kind of buzzwords within the consumer package good space. Have any of the brands that you work with um, kind of you know been, been affected by this or are they sort of still continuing that march towards creating the circular economy? Yeah, so I mean, I think that the main impact of COVID and what it had on the circular economy in reference to, to packaging is, I think that there has been a shift back towards flexible, rigid plastics, corrugated grocery packaging. But yeah, like, like we mentioned, I think that all of that is sort of temporary since we still see our partners doubling down on this goal to yeah have a more circular packaging model. Um, so for example, Clorox obviously was a big contender in, uh, in the pandemic. Um, their products were just being used like crazy and flying off the shelves. And in the, in the beginning of the pandemic, their bandwidth to work with us was a little low because they had to focus on those things, but um, we've seen them really come back and they're looking for, you know, how to reduce plastic, plastic alternatives for their packaging. Also even just like better chemicals for their for their products to, to make it fully sustainable. So um, when you see somebody like Clorox really that committed, especially when you are have a global health crisis and cleaning products are really, you know, a need, it's really encouraging to see, see that, so. Um, definitely uh, back on the app, I, I would hope. Yeah. When you mention big brands like Clorox that really have been maybe more slightly slowed down in terms of their sustainability stuff by this, but but certainly are, are um, back at it now, which of the startups that you work with are ones that are really helping brands to meet those sustainability goals that they have? Yeah, I mean, it will depend on what the corporations are looking for. So the way we work is that corporations come to us with ideas or challenges. And what we do is really focus on on that and then present them with the top uh, startups. 
Um, so again, a lot of them in the packaging space will usually be either bio-based solutions or additives and design around the packaging, uh, as well as the recyclability, really creating or really focusing on the entire circular economy around packaging. I mean, there are examples of, of startups in, in each space that are quite interesting. We uh, for example, in the bio-based space, Traceless is one of the companies in our new materials and packaging program. In the design space, um, Berkem is one of the startups increasing the, the strength and uh, the gas barriers in the plastics. So each of these sectors have great startups that are looking to promote circular economy and really finding new solutions to, to the challenges that uh, the the large corporations um, have today. Um, one of the things I know our in-house sustainability subject matter experts kind of identified as a, a trend for this year and moving forward was chemical recycling of plastics, you know, as opposed to uh, mechanical recycling. Do you work with any companies that are in that kind of, you know, innovating in the chemical recycling of plastic space? Yeah, of course. We have actually, so in the 35,000 startups, we are currently working on a project where we collected all the startups working in the plastic value chain. And we saw that from that around 100 startups are working in the chemical recycling. I would not say it is a trend. We've seen uh, chemical recycling for a long time now. Um, I think one of the first time it was used was uh, actually during World War II. But what we see, um, however, in the recycling space, I would say is the biological um, recycling. And the reason is um, that it has the ability to use or recycle all kinds of plastics. And that's what is difficult today with chemical recycling. It has to be very uh, pure, uh, plastic for it to be recycled and have a really good and strong recycled product and therefore the chemical and even uh, mechanical recycling is heavily driven by the waste sorting and I think that is more the trend today everything that comes with AI separation of the multiple layers in packaging or even separating the different kind of of packaging altogether to really enable better recycling when it comes to chemical uh, even mechanical recycling. And if you want to bypass that, biological recycling is one of the solutions as uh, uh, you can kind of completely put all the waste together and the enzymes will be able to biodegrade it. That's interesting. I don't, I don't think I've heard much about that. So it's, it's nice to hear a, a different perspective on it. It's, it's one I think isn't being talked about a lot. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Definitely. I think, I mean, there are limitations to biological recycling, of course, and I, I definitely need to highlight it here uh, because, you know, the scalability is not there yet. There are some limitation in the kind of enzymes that you can use, etc. but the potential and opportunities there um, are very promising. And we've seen a few startups, so I think there are around 10 startups all around the world that are working on new enzyme technologies or platform. Um, we actually just invested in one called Melozyme. Uh, Melozyme is um, AI and, and, uh, and a platform to find new enzymes for this kind of, of recycling challenges. 
On that kind of topic of trends, um, you know, you obviously just just introduced one to me that I wasn't uh, familiar with as a non-technical person. But um, what else do you kind of see picking up steam as we move through 2021 and, and getting into the coming years? Uh, maybe you guys would have an interesting perspective since you work with, um, you know, so many of those you know, kind of startups and, and innovative new brands. Yeah, definitely. Well, biological recycling, I would say, is definitely one. Uh, but And I think that is driven by everyone wanting to be more plastic neutral, carbon neutral, and the focus around it. And a lot of startups have been starting to emerge in credits and offsets, um, like pl plastic credits offset or carbon credits offsets, uh, kind of something that if there's one thing that we do that are kind of increasing carbon emission or increasing the amount of plastic, then there is another way to balance it uh, with some kind of credit. Uh, I think that we've, we've seen more and more. For example, repurpose is, is one, working in the uh, plastics chain. Just to add to that, um, this is not really a new trend, but we definitely see that there's more of a need for the digitization of like R&D processes. So that at least in our program for our packaging and materials partners has become increasingly important for them, especially during this time. So yeah, using AI to really like cut the development time of their R&D and reduce costs and 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 yeah, just less bottlenecks for them to, to be able to complete that R&D process has really been super important over the last year. Definitely. And, and I think that's very important to highlight. Thank you, Ali. I think the large corporations I've seen, and even not large one, I've seen the impact of um, mm -hmm. manual labor and the difficulty of using the machines from far away. And kind of, we've seen a lot of uh, the manufacturing process kind of slowing down during the during COVID. And I think that has highlighted a lot of, okay, what can we do today so we can do that from afar? Can we use less labor? Uh, and can we even predict what is going to be happening with these machines? Can we predict the, the machine control and really kind of really reduce the manual labor around the entire manufacturing of it? So with you guys having your kind of your fingers on the pulse of all these new companies, are there any kind of new interesting things that, that maybe I haven't even thought to ask you about that, that are you see coming up that will be important in the next couple of years? Yeah, so we've been working on a project in the sustainable, sustainable um, or sustainability vertical. Uh, we've uh, collected over 700 startups from that uh, large ecosystem, and we've um, separated them in six different regions, 10 different plastic sectors in the past 10 years. We are completely, uh, they're completely stage agnostic. And so what we've been doing is segregate them into the entire plastic value chain and providing information on them, where they were founded, when they were founded. And I think that this is going to be um, very important when it comes to investments, just because it shows also where the there is exciting markets, exciting industry or sectors, and then also um, where we see kind of uh, the sector slowing down. For example, with bio-based materials, there are uh, today over 180 startups in the space, a lot in Europe, uh, but because of the, the lack of properties, we, we kind of see that uh, space kind of slowing down. And so 
just like that with the nine other sectors, we kind of provide our key insights, um, et cetera, on the, on the report. So we're very excited to share that with you. Yeah, and just to just to talk a little bit more about that report, I mean, when we put out reports like this for our network and our partners, I mean, this is a huge uh, benefit for them. Um, you know, we offer a lot of education and resources for our startups, and I'm really glad to see that we're we're now also doing that for our corporate partners. When they come to us, they're not just looking for you know tech scouts to find them, solution providers like like our startups and our ecosystem, but they're really looking for ways that we can help them execute these products and um, not just meet with these startups and see what's out there, but really um, know how to navigate that space from you know the NDA pilot to implementation. And these reports are really helpful for them to bring back to their internal business units and say, you know, this is kind of like what's going on in the whole value chain and how can we internally use this to innovate in you know a more efficient way. And this really helps them kind of be the leaders of their industry when it comes to innovation. That sounds like a, a really great way to help people stay ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, I want to thank both of you again for, for joining me today, Alexandra and Danae. I appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes out of your afternoon to, to talk to me. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. It's been fun and always loved our relationship with the Dutch packaging. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to Unpacking Excellence with Daniel Beardsworth. Daniel Beardsworth. For more resources on all things packaging, head to our website, adeptpackaging.com. Don't forget to subscribe and thanks again for listening.